Hello and welcome to Elijah Gibbs' Transgressive Modernity. As evident by the title, in this episode we'll be discussing vaccines, predictive programming, the Jews, and more as they pertain to specific recent events. So first, we turn our attention to the buzz about vaccines. Now look guys, I understand the COVID-19 injection is not a vaccine by definition, but it's often referred to as such in the media and whatnot, so for this episode and the purposes of it, I'm going to refer to it as a vaccine. There's been heavy censure of the recently released documentary titled Died Suddenly. If you are vaccinated or a pro-vaxxer, listen to me very carefully. You should be concerned right now. I'm going to tell you why. It's not the documentary that should concern you. Just allow me to elucidate. Bear with me. I promise we are going to get there. For those who have not seen it, Died Suddenly shares testimonials of embalmers, funeral directors, medical professionals, and others as they show us abnormalities they've noticed in deceased persons for the past two years. They're finding blood clots from fibrous and malleable material. They're finding changes and abnormalities in people's blood. So they feel it's important for them to share these findings because for most of these deceased, there's no autopsy performed. The families won't know what actually caused their loved ones to pass on, without them sharing this information. A virtuous thing to do, indubitably, and we thank them for it. The question the film asks is what is causing the irregularities? The film is hardly affirming anything, but it heavily implies that the COVID vaccines are the cause. It doesn't stop there. The film implies the COVID vaccines have relation to the myriad of exponential rises in medical phenomena lately such as pulmonary malfunctions, heart problems, Bell's palsy, miscarriages, all-cause deaths of 18 to 49-year-olds, strokes, cancer, neurological anomalies, cardiac arrhythmia, pulmonary embolisms, fetal demises, stillbirths, menstrual abnormalities, birth defects, fetal cardiac problems, people collapsing while appearing to seize up or have aneurysms in the same exact manner, and so on. And this is over the past two years. I should have took a deeper breath. That's a long list. I mean, golly, what a list. Pretty much everything. I'm, I mean, <laughs> one woman in the film was sharing she believes the COVID vaccine is a bioweapon created to depopulate the earth. The film implies that the, co- that the healthcare system has been weaponized and the U.S. military is actively being crippled. Whether you believe there's merit to these suggestions or implications, It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is who's investigating these claims. See, the easy, you know, archetypal thing to do is say it's all a conspiracy. All right. If you were to proceed with that mentality, would it not be a little concerning if the opposition to the film and its creators is not denying the existence of these fibrous materials that are being found? So the question we all are asking is, what is it? See, if you dismiss the concerns and refuse to investigate, there's a problem. That means you're hiding something. We even have no reason to believe you're hiding anything before, but now we do. The families of the deceased deserve answers. I've got my own biases. I've got my own criticisms. We'll get to those. First, I'm going to read some of the criticisms that I found online. This is coming from factcheck.org, 
and I quote, but there is no evidence that the clots are related to vaccination, nor are they necessarily abnormal. Many of the clots shown, in fact, appear to be post-mortem clots or blood clots that form after death, which would have nothing to do with vaccination or why someone died, end quote. That's from factcheck.org. Jonathan Jerry, writing for McGill Office for Science and Society, had this to say, and I quote, The problem is that embalmers and funeral directors are not medical professionals. Don't take it from me, but from the National Funeral Directors Association in the United States, whose representative, whose representative told me as much, and from Ben Schmidt, a funeral director and embalmer with a bachelor's degree in natural science. Schmidt wrote a detailed explanation of what's happening here. Clots can easily form after death as the liquid and solid parts of, of blood separate and as formaldehyde and calcium-containing water used in the embalming process catalyze clotting. Refrigeration can also be to blame, especially when a rapid influx of bodies due to COVID necessitates longer stays in the cooler as embalmers make their way through their backlog. Then there are the clots that happen prior to death. Embalmers do not typically know that someone who died was in normal health, as is claim often claimed in the documentary, nor do they reliably know someone's vaccination status. Blood clots do happen in life for a variety of reasons. The COVID-19 vaccines made by AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson were indeed associated with rare, and I must repeat, rare cases of blood clots, but risk factors for blood clots in general include obesity, cancer, sedentary lifestyle, pregnancy, family history, and smoking. Oh, and COVID-19 itself, which you won't learn from died suddenly. This may surprise you, but an American dies of a blood clot every six minutes. Clots, either before or after death, are common. End quote. Jonathan Jerry from McGill Office for Science and Society. Gee, that sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? So th this was the common archetypal answer given by many of these institutions that have criticized the film. There's like 10 of them that I saw They said the same thing. So you have a group of people who have been performing the same operation for decades, alleging irregularities. Their opposition has dismissed it as common. This should concern us all. I saw a criticism that they use old videos. I, I don't care about that. It's a documentary. You need visuals for over an hour. Who cares? I'm looking for valid criticism, but more importantly, I'm looking for an answer in the criticism to the question at hand or a call to investigation. Some people were describing religious views that they believe were being promulgated. I didn't see all that in the film. I'm not even going to go there. The only question posed is what's causing the deaths and what is causing these people to pass out in, in seemingly the same exact manner from what appears to be in different countries. <laughs> somebody, somebody said, anytime you see fact check, you know whatever come after about to be a lie. <laughs> Yeah, I guess since Fact Checkers has their own team of scientists, we'll just take their word for it. I mean, really. It's amazing how flippant they think we are. How are the blood clots that are causing the deaths 
going to be formed after the death. And what explanation do, do we get for people collapsing in the same exact fashion? I mean, did they even watch the documentary? Look, while I recognize the promulgation and propaganda tactics used in this film are for the purpose of producing an emotional reaction in the viewer to dry their theory, I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Most of us are already skeptical about the film and documentaries alike because you can't prove these theories. What I want to know is why the claims are getting dismissed and not investigated. I can't prove my neighbor killed his wife, but I saw him buying a rope, a shovel, duct tape, and some bleach the night before. You're not going to investigate that? means you're probably in on it. Look, I hope the documentary is false in regards to their implications. But if it isn't, man, what a lazy way to lie to people. I mean, they, they couldn't even make up, at least like make up an explanation or pretend to investigate. I mean, golly. I'll share my biases. By the media's misnamed definition of anti-vax, I am anti-vax. More accurately, I'm pro-informed consent and pro-rights. I have a very simple stance. You are all more than welcome to do as you please with your bodies no matter how stupid I believe your decision is. As long as you're just harming yourself, I don't care. Just don't go imposing your vaccine bilge on me, because I don't want it. I don't look at pro-vaxxers in a negative light. They're just doing what they believe is best for them. If you're pro-vax and listening to me, I want you to know that I love you all, pray for your safety, and deeply hope I'm on the wrong side despite all evidence pointing to the contrary. Anti-vaxxers. Let's not demonize pro-vaxxers or illegitimize their concerns. Don't we need them to help defend our freedoms? I feel it's important to point out, none of the fact-checkers refuted any of the statistics provided in the documentary. They just said it wasn't related to COVID. So, you mean, the increase in the overall deaths in young adults, the cardiac problems, the pulmonary, the fetal, all that's true. But it's just important to note, it's not the vaccine. Who needs an answer for why it's actually happening? Who cares? While I myself am a big fan of empirical data, the obligation is on us to shift towards the anecdotal data when there's incentives to, to manipulating empirical data on both sides. And even then, they still didn't refute the, the data. You can even put a spin on condemning data and make it support your cause. Speaking of which, listen to this short video from CVS a couple months back. There's a new chart making the rounds on social media, and it's easy to misinterpret what it's telling you. It appears to say most people dying of COVID-19 lately are actually fully vaccinated. CBS 17 digital reporter Jody McCrary is fact-checking it. Now, what this chart shows is deaths in vaccinated people now outnumber those among the unvaccinated. But an expert tells me it leaves out a very important detail, how old those people are. 
Look closer at this chart you may have seen online. At some point after February, weekly deaths in vaccinated people surpassed those who didn't get a vaccine. That's the black line moving over the blue one. But UNC doctor David Weber says what it's missing is age. Most of the cases we're seeing now of deaths, or many of them, are in older people, much like we saw two years ago. The majority of older people, in particular because of their risks for COVID, are vaccinated. So it's not surprising if the majority of people are vaccinated, even if the vaccines are working, the majority of deaths will be in people who are vaccinated. That's why the chart from the State Department of Health and Human Services includes a key phrase, age-adjusted. The real question is not what percentage of deaths or hospitalization are in vaccinated or in unvaccinated. It's by age, what's the risk of death in vaccinated versus unvaccinated uh, individuals. And because we know immunity fades over time, it also highlights how important boosters are, including the ones coming soon that target the Omicron variants. So that's really the question that you need to ask is vaccinated versus unvaccinated, what age group, and then did you have two, three, or four doses? And in my story online, find out why Dr. Weber compares those COVID deaths to car wrecks. For CBS 17 News, I'm Jody McCrary. Jody Ain't that something. Jarring, isn't it? I call it impressive. The most surreal and cockamamie interpolation you could have contrived. You've done it. Great job, guys. Great work. Truly, truly, we don't deserve such talent. Why don't I go to the comment section and see people's responses? My relative got cancer not long after the jab. Okay. The real question would be how the chart would look if you compare the vaxxed to unvaxxed by age group. That would really clear the debate. But there's a reason they're not showing the graph, isn't there? Okay. I love how age groups now matter because it suits their narrative. Hmm. Two of my cousins died after the booster. One was 36, the other was 51. Both were athletic and in great shape. Both had massive heart attacks. Did anyone understand the spin salad other than get your booster? Only one person in my family died from COVID. She was vaccinated. Y'all want to know what's crazy? Wow, that's crazy. So, I was looking through this comment section literally like yesterday. And almost every comment, my spouse got the first dose and died. My brother got the second dose and was hospitalized. I kid you not, the comment section was filled with them. That's why I was going to read the thing to just point out that, you know, YouTube ain't considered to be like Twitter where somebody's just going to make a trillion accounts and troll people. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are actual people with real life scenarios. But... Now it's going to seem like I was making it up. I swear I'm not, though. This is bizarre. Anyways. Yeah. None of us are dumb. We're not going to fall into the political Marxism trap being set to try and divide us. Pro-vaxxers generally are good-thinking, conscientious people. Everyone has an internal panic button. So look, for some people, it will take seeing people drop by the millions. 
For me, it only took one person dropping. A disease with over 99% recovery rate warrants an immediate solution? A solution with any side effects at all made no sense from its inception. You know what's bothered me from the beginning? As flawed as this thing is, imagine if we came together like this to fight cancer or heart disease or abortion. Those are the juggernauts. Oh, I'm going to lose some viewers I don't have with the abortion one. But those are the juggernauts. I mean, like why, imagine, why can't we come together like that for those ones? It's because death was never what it was about in the first place. The death toll was never what it was really about. So yes, my pro-vax brethren, your ashy hands should be inching closer to that panic button. They've neglected to give answers concerning the deaths and have no plan to investigate. Matter of fact, it's funny because in the film, they had brought concerns to a senator or someone with a high office, I can't remember, but he, he put the Biden administration on notice, and he actually called for an investigation concerning the, milita the military data that was exposed with all the adverse reactions that occurred in the military, all that. I never heard about it. I never heard about it until the film. I don't know, maybe you guys heard about it, but it's just like, when somebody puts the Biden administration on notice, you think you would hear about something like that. Think they investigated it? According to the film, they shut that whole website down the next day. <laughs> the next day. So, in the film, they mention the VAR system. And this episode that I'm doing is not by any means an exposition of vaccines in general. If you guys want me to go in depth about vaccines and the industry as a whole, just send me an email at transgressivemodernity at gmail.com. I'll consider it, you know. I'm new to the podcast. Matter of fact, yeah, I, I think there's a comment section here. But I, I'm new to the podcast, so if there's a comment section, feel free to comment there. But in order to truly grasp the, the implications of what we're talking about, there's a couple things. I need to remind you guys. Pharmaceutical companies under federal law are immune from liability. I'm sure we all know that. I'm just reminding us. The FDA is immune from liability, and I'm quite certain we all know that. Because our gracious and loving government has granted immunity to these companies and organizations, and as a result of NCVIA, the CDC and FDA have established the VAERS. VAERS is the F Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Sure, there's no conflict of interest there. The FDA itself says that whatever number is reported accounts for 1-10% to 10 of the actual estimated number. I'm going to do the FDA a favor. I'm not going to say that number. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm sure pro-vaxxers know all this. I'm sure they know there's always a risk, and they're willing to take that risk. Again, let's not alienate them just because some of us are unwilling to take that risk. Well, let me tell you why I think this film is onto something, and I'll preface it with a warning to my anti-vax brethren. Be very careful with what you find online and elsewhere. Can't tell you how many things over the years I've seen that just ended up being untrue, but they look very convincing. 
You know what I'm saying? And you would think, like, who would just make something up like this? But they do. Individuals do it for whatever personal reasons they have. The cryptocracy does it because they know that we know there's more to every story. And they know we're thirsty for knowledge. And so they'll release something knowing it's not true to make us look crazy if we fall for it. So that they can invalidate anything we say or do afterwards. Not to mention we're left in a state of confusion. This all comes from somewhere. And we're going to get there in this episode. The creator of Died Suddenly has been associated with pushing narratives people don't believe to be true. So they think nothing that he ever puts out or says can be true. So what I'm trying to tell you. So we all must be careful. Everything I know comes from books. You think it's an accident? You can supposedly find any answer on Google? People give me answers all the time from Google. Like I can't just look that up. Your your research was inherently flawed because that's where it came from. So anytime somebody tells me they research something, Google is not... Let me not go there. But... But this is what I'm saying. You think it's an accident there's fact checkers to verify all information so you don't have to? I wouldn't even be speaking on this. The Holy Spirit hadn't shown me this film was onto something. Look, over a year ago, Pastor G. Craig Lewis released a video titled Destination Entropy. The video was spot on, I gotta say. Now, if you want to argue about the eschatology, all that stuff, fair enough. I do too. But he goes over graphene oxide, how it's being used in some of the vaccines for COVID, which would account for the changes found in people's blood after vaccination. He believes that people's bodies are being used as a vessel to actively build something, which is why you need a trillion boosters. He touches on all that stuff. Graphene oxide responds to electromagnetic frequencies and it it morphs its shape. It's being used in nanotechnology. So I didn't think it was a coincidence when I'm watching the videos of these people suddenly collapsing in this documentary in the same fashion. Didn't think it was a coincidence they all had cell phones in their hands. Our phones emit emit frequencies. 2G, 3G, 4G. The higher the G, the higher the frequency. And so I'm starting to believe it's not an accident that they don't want you to have 4G anymore. So in Destination Entropy, he goes over these things. He goes over the experimentation of neural interfaces with vaccines. We've been given no answers to neurological abnormalities. If they are trying to tap into people's nervous systems, sure would explain a lot, wouldn't it? If you can control someone's nervous system, you can control them, their very being. If you can deplete people's organs of blood and oxygen, you can cause them to collapse. Bird Box came out a few years ago. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. I had a dream about it the other day. And this was after I had an idea about what I was going to be talking about on this episode. And just so y'all know, my dreams usually make no sense at all. But this time I, I believe God was trying to show me a connection. If I remember correctly, Bird Box, it's about these monsters who invade Earth. They're never shown to the viewer. 
but um, I believe they could shapeshift. And whenever someone sees these monsters in in the film, they end up killing themselves. The monsters themselves don't actually kill you. <clears throat> I'm not even sure. I don't even think they could touch you, but they're either so big that you'll see them just by opening your eyes outside, or there's so many that you'll just see them by just opening your eyes outside. So, if you want to survive, it's dangerous to, to open your eyes at all. It's clear that seeing these monsters or, or this force causes some sort of neurological change to occur, and not everyone died. Some people were just corrupted by the force, and they ended up killing other people. Either way, once you see these creatures, it's over. See where I'm going with this? Predictive programming. An invisible force that causes a change in your neural structure. Even the way people are collapsing now, as if they're seeing something. It's, it's just its like they took it right out the film. Stargate Atlantis premiered in 2004. An episode called Hot Zone seems to have predicted this phenomenon almost perfectly. These people get infected with this bioweapon which causes them to see something before they have aneurysms and die. What's killing them is almost impossible to detect because it's nanotechnology. It's responding to electromagnetic fields. In the episode, they get into gene therapy and awareness of effects of electromagnetic frequencies on their bodies, all that stuff. And of course, the solution to it all is an electromagnetic pulse. <clears throat> Perhaps it's just a coincidence. Predictive programming comes from somewhere. We don't have time to go there today. And like I said, I really hope I'm, I'm wrong about this. But you gotta admit, if the vaccine is a bioweapon, what a bioweapon it would be, huh? COVID? 99% recovery rate? Ew. That just won't do, will it? What'd they say, like 70% of the world is vaccinated? Oh, there you go. That's much better. When I take all these factors into consideration, I come to the conclusion that if nothing else, the Died Suddenly documentary is on to something, definitely. But here's my criticism for the conspiracy theorists. This is in relation to the theory of depopulation, which is alluded to in the documentary. It's a theory I've heard for a long time. Today is not the day I wish to prove or disprove that theory or, or any other theory for that matter. I simply want to bring my perspective to the table and perhaps those who deny this theory may share some of my questions. We all have heard Bill Gates talk about lowering the population through vaccines and improved health care. We've, we've seen those videos. And make no mistake, he and other global elites have a plan for the population. My thing is this. You don't know what that plan is. I think this depopulation theory is flawed because it automatically assumes one of these vaccines will just wipe everybody out or the progression of vaccines will take out a large portion of the population. I'm not ruling out that possibility. All I'm saying is there's no evidence to suggest that that will happen. So to have it as an inherent part of the theory, 
I believe is flawed. And what makes you think it'll happen like that, you know? Like that that's our human brain trying to make sense of something we believe will happen. This is the same brain that thought the Jets were gonna win the game when they were first in goal on the one yard line. That was that was our human brain. What I'm saying is we don't know what depopulation means to a Bill Gates or how the entities operating through people like him would even go about doing it. And people want to believe that because the scriptures say there will be one world leader, that means that the population just has to go down so that this leader can gain and retain control. We want to believe that uh, that all that's true. We want to believe that good-thinking people would rise up and strongly oppose such a rule were it to happen right now. I want to believe that too. But if you really stop and think about it, if you think about what they're doing to hijack the nervous system, depopulate could just mean hijack the body and mind so people become more docile and void of a human spirit, or why even depopulate the earth when most people are going to do what we say anyways? You feel what I'm saying? What if the UN just decided... Let's give one person all power, no limits, no restrictions. And what if they formed an allegiance or invaded everyone who's not a part of the UN? It it could all be very simple. Maybe I'm making it too simple. Oh, one world currency? Struggling to understand that? The world's currencies already move in pairs, and they're easily transferable to the other currencies, and even crypto. All I'm saying is the population is still rising. So are you telling me that they've started depopulation and they're just so bad at it that the population just continues to go up? Some people believe the continued rise in population despite attempts to depopulate is due to to the uh divine intervention. And I'd say there's lots of merit to that argument. In fact, off the top of my head, I'm I'm thinking of an example where that was the case in the Bible right now. I'm not oh, my voice just cracked. I'm not refuting any anything. I'm just offering, you know, more possibilities because we you know, we just automatically assume these things, but they don't always turn out the way we're assuming it. There's indubitably a spiritual side of this. Is it possible the cryptocracy desires the population to rise while they simultaneously develop pharmaceuticals and drugs that can inhibit our abilities and kill us? Is that a possibility? They alluded to Malthusian theory in the documentary. If that theory is correct, our world would face a massive population decline soon after we get to 9 billion. Just from natural chaos ensuing and running out of resources, the population will decline. That's what that theory assumes. Imagine Bill Gates is counting on it so so he can just unleash a new virus and a bioweapon of a cure and just call it a day. I'm just saying, we don't know, and I think we should stop pretending to know. And I'm also saying, don't be mad at me for my questions about the theory when you don't know how to explain it or how it'll unfold or if it's unfolding means what you think it means.
Ladies and gentlemen, I am very disappointed on this day. One might say grieved. A situation in New Zealand has caught the attention of me and many other people who are pro-freedoms. Pro-vaxxers, I'd, I'd love to get your input on this. New Zealand's high court has taken custody of an infant who needs a blood transfusion because it's, his parents insist he received blood from donors who are not vaccinated. The hospital was saying it's an impractical request and they don't know the donor's vaccination status and so on and so on. There were many people lined up willing to donate for this baby. The hospital and the court did not approve. They refused. They started labeling the parents anti-vaxxers and bringing all types of beliefs into the equation and all this. Look, in New Zealand, you have the right to refuse medical treatment. Doesn't say you got to give and a two-page explanation says you have the right to refuse medical treatment. The lawyer made it very simple. The parents want the doctors to use blood from a donor who is unvaccinated. Simple. That's the only thing that should matter. All this conspiracy bilge, it's unnecessary. So pro-vaxxers, I need your help with this one because I don't think it's right. Let me know what you guys think. You guys should want to stand with me on this. Because look, if they can take custody away from the parents and do something, even if it's in line with what you feel is right, what's to stop them from taking your rights away in order to do something you feel is wrong? You know what I mean? Like, It's not like the parents said no to the treatment. And by the way, I think they're lying about not knowing the vaccination status of donors. Because if New Zealand is anything like America, they know. I used to donate blood. But now every time you, you go to try and donate blood, first thing they ask you is, have you been vaccinated? And forgive the parents that they're skeptical about receiving vaccinated blood. They used to not let you donate if you got a tattoo in the last two years. And all of a sudden, nothing could go Nothing could possibly go wrong if you donate vaccinated blood. To that I say, oh please. Pro-vaxxers don't believe that. Ain't it funny how they keep creating the people they they contend with? No one wakes up one day and decides to be anti-vax. I know I didn't do that. The industry made that decision for me. And if it does harm people... More and more people will become anti-vax. And they'll have more people to contend with. You think there's that many people and they're just making everything up? No. We all have lost perfectly healthy friends and family members. And when we ask if there's a correlation, the answer is impossible. With no answer as to what's killed our healthy friends. Nike has parted ways with Kyrie Irving, and we all rejoiced. Finally, someone stands up to the ever-so-racist and imposing bully that is Kyrie Irving. Finally, someone to say no to all discrimination and hatred based on beliefs. It was a happy ending we all were hoping for, but scarcely believed we see. It's so refreshing to see them dispel the notion so arrogantly upheld that Jews control everything without in any way reinforcing that notion. 
Job well done, guys. Job well done. Okay, so Nike shooting themselves and sacrificing sales for what no one sees to be a noble cause. Who cares? My gripe is with the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets. See, it's different with Nike. He doesn't work for you. You can make whatever stupid decisions you want to make. There's no obligations to him. If he says or posts something the the Brooklyn Nets or the NBA doesn't like, if it doesn't violate any rules, to take action against him is a violation of constitutional rights. He probably has a case for himself if he were to decide to, to pursue something legally. That's assuming the courts do the right thing, which he has reason to be skeptical about, admittedly. I really don't care what he said. He has every right to say it. Oh, and not to mention the issuance of fines? Fines? Oh, how mad would they be if he took if he took it to court and made more money than he would have made with my, with Nike? How mad would they be? This is pure censorship. Let's just call it what it is. He made no threats, no calls to violence. Censorship is unconstitutional. I did not watch the documentary he shared. And let's be fair, the people most upset about it or offended by it didn't watch it either. But I'll tell you one thing the documentary seems to be right about. The misnamed conservative Jews, as defined by the media, are not Jews. Nor are they practicing Judaism. I'm going to be quoting at a length from Michael Hoffman's Judaism, Strange Gods, The Origins of Judaism. He's going to tell you who the real Jews are and dispense misplaced infatuation with Judeo-Christian belief systems. Two birds and one stone. That's what I'm talking about. And I quote, The weird cult of Judeo-Christianity is an oxymoron found on the lips of almost all Christians, including even conservative ones. This abominable Judeo-Christianity contrivance is of a piece with the cloning of human and animal genes or of the other alchemical mixtures of two mutually contradictory substances which we have witnessed these last few decades in the modern cauldron. The near-universal approbation and currency exerted by this cockamamie term exposes at one glance the level of abysmal historical ignorance which obtains today. The church fathers knew of no Judeo-Christian tradition since Judaism did not even exist before Christ. Before him, there was the faith of the Israelites as it gradually decayed and was subverted by corrupt teachings such as were transmitted by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This corruption was greatly exacerbated and escalated when a portion of the Israelites rejected the Messiah Yeshua, that is to say, Joshua, i.e. Jesus, after which their leaders eventually made their way to Babylon where the corrupt and reprobate oral occult traditions of their elders, that is a phrase Jesus used in Mark 7, were committed to writing and compiled as the Mishnah com comprising the first portion of the Talmud. At that juncture, the religion of Judaism was born. It is the Talmud not the Bible, which is the hermeneutic system of Orthodox Judaism.
I do not refer here or concern myself with reform or the misnamed conservative supposed branches of Judaism. You have orthodox reform and conservative as the media describes it. These reform and conservative supposed branches of Judaism bear the same relationship to Judaism as Unitarians and other liberal denominations bear to Christianity. In other words, a negation of the fundamental premise of their founders and therefore counterfeits. A church that denies the resurrection of Christ is not Christian no matter what it calls itself. A reform or conservative synagogue that denies the obligations of the Talmud is not Judaism. Irrespective of ethnic or cultural ties or nostalgia, they are a derivative variant. They are not Judaism. End quote. That was Michael Hoffman's Judaism, Strange Gods, The Origin of Judaism. Michael Hoffman has his own podcast. You can check him out at Michael Hoffman's Revisionist History. Feel free to give him a listen. He's a very knowledgeable author and historian. So every time I meet somebody who says they practice Judaism, I ask them if they adhere to the Talmud. They almost always say no, which means they're not practicing Judaism. If you're not reading and adhering to your religion's most holy book, it's not your religion. Now all this mess about the Jews are black and the Jews are white, that all is derived from Judaism and the Talmud, make no mistake, because the Talmud promotes body worship, which is where the self-worship comes in, which is where the race worship comes in. So it really doesn't matter what race they were, because they were wrong to make it about race in the first place. So whether you're the white race that takes race worship back to Noah and his sons, or you're the black race that takes the race worship back to Esau and Jacob and then back to Noah and his sons, you were wrong to do it. Many believe these things are implied by the Bible and don't even realize it's explicit commentary of the Talmud. Don't take my word for it. Just just go read it. All this stuff is derived from somewhere. You know who started that self-worship trend? Satan. Satan in heaven was the true originator. So anytime you decide your people group is superior, he takes credit for that. It's not just the Jews and the derivative variant Jews. The self-worship is perpetuated in our society. Here's what I don't understand about the Jews being racially driven in the Bible. They were under Roman rule in their own land. How are you going to be racially driven? You'd think you're superior. You don't even rule your own land. It don't even make sense. Can't be oppressed and superior. Ain't that what folk trying to do today? Everything better black. Black excellence. And then talking about oppression. I, I just don't see how you can be both. Can't be oppressed by a group that you are better than. That would mean you're either not better than the group or you're not oppressed. You feel what I'm saying? That's like me saying I'm the best basketball player in the world. And then me complaining because LeBron James beats me. But I thought you was better. 
I mean, I'm just saying, you got to pick one. Like, how can you be both? Let me slow down because I'm making too much sense right now. I'll come back to this stuff in future episodes. But yes, Talmudists are the real Jews. And people like Kanye are trying to tell you that these Jews make up a large percentage of the cryptocracy. And these people love confusion because it comes from the serpent, who is their true God. And so they'll make Kanye look crazy and people like him so they can invalidate anything he'll ever say, no matter how true it is. All these tactics are traced back to the rabbis. As Michael Hoffman goes on to rightly point out, they'll confuse people who oppose them and even people who are trying to learn from them because supposedly the Talmud is a book of debate. And so even though it seems like it's telling you to do one thing in one passage, this passage over here will completely negate that. It's a spin cycle. It'll confuse people who don't know their tactics. And it's tactics that politicians, world leaders, news outlets, they all use that nowadays. In fact, that's how our court systems operate. Everything's a debate based off interpretation. Where'd they get that idea? The rabbis, who got it from the Talmud, which was written by the Pharisees and their followers, who got it from their fathers, who got it from Satan. It's very simple when you when you put these things together. And that's that's what they do. They void the Constitution and the courts the same way they voided the Old Testament. That's why you can't go to rabbis for interpretation of scriptures. You're going to get a lie. That's why they want you to come to they can't they can't wait for you to come to them, pastor, bishop, reverend. They can't wait to you for you to come to them for interpretations about scripture so they can lie to you. Why do you think they hated Jesus? People were going to him for interpretation instead of going to them. And while I'm on the subject, let me acknowledge Pastor Isaac Gibbs of Today's Truth Revealed. He's one of the very few spiritual leaders who shares my disdain for the cult of Judeo-Churchianity or Judeo-Christianity, however you want to call it. Right now, he's doing an excellent job of going through the book of Hebrews and expounding on the fact that there were followers during that time in the early church that just didn't get it. I imagine the ones that couldn't get it ended up following the Pharisees to Babylon to eventually make the Talmud. Isaac Gibbs, that's my father. You can check him out at Today's Truth Revealed. I've been at his service and on his show a few times. He's got a remarkable take on Bible prophecy and the current state of Israel, so definitely give him a listen. I'm very proud of what he's doing, and it's not always easy to follow through what God is telling you to do. In fact, I struggle starting this podcast as I'm in the midst of letting God use my hand to author two books. Aside from that, I just got a lot going on in general, you feel what I'm saying? But I'm going to try to release an episode weekly, and we'll make adjustments if we have to. I'm just trying to be in the will of God, so I'm not sure what will become of this podcast. It could just be temporary, but my only expectation is that God is going to bless somebody. Ain't nobody doing this for no money or likes and views. Or This is for your benefit. Remember that when you go trying to cancel me because you ain't like something I said. Save the censorship. And you're not hurting me. 
I don't I don't need or care for money. You're just hurting yourself. And who does that anyways? People don't deserve to provide for their family because you don't agree with them? Oh, believe me, we'll get to the Maoism and the communism. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I just, <laughs> I feel like somebody right now is calling the thought police on me. I haven't even uploaded this yet. The nature of my episodes will be me pontificating my myopic thoughts and views on everything. If you hate what I say or disagree, you can email me at uh, transgressivemodernity at gmail.com and I will read it on this platform if you'd like. If not, I'll just read them and go on with my life. All the positive stuff, I guess, can be commented. I I may read it, but I probably won't respond. You feel what I'm saying? This ain't this ain't gonna be like Twitter, so don't expect me to go back and forth with you in a podcast comment section. You will be very disappointed. Speaking of which, I I don't have Twitter or really any social media at all, so I have nothing to promote. So, last thing I'll, I'll talk about before I end this episode is this because I'm starting to see something I don't like as I'm starting to make the sacrifice of putting my beliefs out to the world and things of that nature. Don't come up to me celebrating things I do if you know my father and have not acknowledged him first. Especially if you're younger than him or you have no you haven't been ordained or anything like that. God forbid. Cuz if I catch you doing it, I'm going to let spiritual leadership know so they can rebuke you. We're not doing that here. And you know how I can tell? Somebody will come up to me all surprised by something I do. Like, oh, wow. I didn't know you knew this. I was impressed by the way you carry yourself. And you know what? The one that really upset me was this. Wow, you got a lot of hustle to you. Where do you get all that hustle from? My father. Oh, I didn't know he... Excuse me? So you've been in close proximity to this man for years and don't know he's a hustler? The, I mean, the very first thing you learn about him is he f- he's from New York. Even if you knew nothing else, New Yorkers don't have hustle? Even the scammers got hustle. Like, what are you talking about? So don't, don't start. Don't start that. Because some of you owe that man an apology. And y'all can't figure out why your life is in shambles, why your life is in ruins. You're not going to disrespect God's chosen authority without paying for it. First people to do that, they got swallowed by the earth. So yeah, go to him with all those compliments and then go to God. And then after that, maybe think about coming to me. But you got two people to go through before you even should be thinking about talking to me. That's like the delusional people that think they can bypass their own father or natural authority and somehow have a relationship with God. I haven't even quoted any scriptures yet. I can, but this is the basic stuff. So yes, on this podcast we respect spiritual leaders in their place. He was the first one I talked to when the thought was spoken into my being. And to be candid, I was hoping he would say no. I was hoping he would say it was a terrible idea. But he didn't, and I recognize the godly authority that's been placed in him like it's placed in all men. 
so there was no way out of it. This is Elijah Gibbs's transgressive modernity. I'm going to get very controversial, and I'm not trying to be. It's just I differ on what I think modernity is and should be to agree that some would consider transgressive or even illicit. Hence the title. I thank you for joining me today. God bless you. If you want to hear from me, you gotta get it.